What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome to another week of the GoLink Show. My name is Ben, the host and founder of GoLink. GoLink is a supportive community of growth junkies and life learners embracing weekly challenges. Each week we find a new way to level up and learn something new. So it could be a cold shower, waking up at 5 a.m., a kind act, taking yourself on a date, journaling, meditating, various fitness activities, and much more. These challenges are inspired by mission-driven brands that align with our values. So if you're crazy like me and you love to level up and you're always looking for ways to evolve and grow and step into your fullest potential, then GoLink is just for you. Join us every week on social media to participate in these weekly challenges. Embrace the challenge with me at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from life enthusiasts with a unique perspective. So they could be a mother, a teacher, business owner, coach, entrepreneur, somebody with many years of experience, or someone just stepping into their arena. Wherever they are in life's journey, we all have a story to tell. So we delve into the struggles that we come across during our journey. How do we find the will to make it through? What role does failure play in our lives? What tools and lessons have we learned from those difficult experiences? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. What up, Grow Junkies? Thanks for tuning in another week. Um, as always, I'm super stoked to have you here. Welcome, my man, Dr. Bo, to the show. He is a chiropractor in San Diego. So you know we're going to delve into some health-related things, the importance of stretching and just movements and how we're seeing the effects of poor posture in society and the, the downsides of alcohol consumption. But we're going more into that because he, Dr. Bo, he has big dreams that he's going after and you'll get to hear that and how he found his passion and we talk about enjoying the process and planting the seeds and watching that just occur over the years and it's okay not to have your stuff figured out in your 20s or really anytime if you don't know what your passion is it's okay and your passion can change you can change so and you know we're gonna have a dope challenge after this so stay tuned and enjoy this episode with my man dr. Bo enjoy Bo, what it do, my dude? Welcome. Thank you for having me, brother. <laughs> you know, man, I'm happy to be in your home. Thanks for so quickly welcoming me. I've already met the love of your life. I've, I've met the dog. We've shared a salad and soup together all That's within right. an hour. That's right. And you got adjusted. You came by the office and, and got adjusted. And as most well. importantly, yeah. I got adjusted. Um, you are, I never thought I would be interviewing. You're the third chiropractor I've interviewed, but. Third time is the charm, I think. I love it. Don't tell Jordan that, but uh, but no, we will tell him. We'll tell him what's up. I think he's about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to find out. So when we were eating lunch, you told the story of maybe not how you got into Cairo, but how you finally made the decision. Will you go into the story of how you first discovered it and then that magical moment of what made you jump into it? So to, to rewind it all the way back, initially after I finished high school, I wanted to get mm -hmm. into health and fitness, and uh, I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And I sat in my uh, human anatomy and physiology class, and I got my first C. Ever in life. Ever in life. Mm. And I immediately thought, shit, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to pursue this. 
mm-hmm. and I pr- continued on with a kinesiology degree, mm-hmm. eventually became a teacher. So essentially I took what I would call a safe route. And, uh, mm. right after I graduated from education, I just knew this is not what I wanted to do, but I was really grateful to get that type of experience to learn how to teach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, about two years after that, I had applied for chiropractic college and it happened through really a lot of signs from the universe. I thought I um, wanted to go back to school, become a physical therapist. And I just had a friend mention like, hey, why don't you go to California and become a chiropractor? That's what my brother did. And I was like, wait, I can escape the cold weather. I was living in Winnipeg, Manitoba at the time. So it was freezing cold. And I was like, I can get out of Canada, enjoy warm weather, (laughs) and I can get a doctorate in something. So Mm -hmm. a lot of different signs just led to me eventually applying. And uh, it was scary. Didn't have enough money to finished the program, just went into it, and uh, everything ended up working out. Did that in uh, the Bay Area, did um, an accelerated route just to save money, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But So so how long did you bust through it? It was three years, and it was nonstop. We'd have uh, at most either a week or three weeks off, depending on when the break was happening. So it was a lot. It was it was a lot of schooling, and then right after that, uh, came down to San Diego, and you saw the office, and that's where I've been for the last mm-hmm. two and a half years now. Yeah, dude. So you say that like things were just kind of working out, but when was were you afraid of making these decisions of like like going to Cairo school, like moving to America, like what was? Like, take us back to some of your thoughts of like, okay, I'm just going. Like, are you naturally a person that just take takes risks like that? Well, I think naturally that I would listen to my inner voice. And there was, there was uh-huh. a time where I just felt like that that course was off. And I didn't feel like I was doing the right things in life. And, you know, I was just definitely lost. So I started listening to that inner voice. And I just started picking up those clues from the universe. Mm. And just chatted with the right people at the right time, started reading the right books at the right time because I was a substitute teacher. So I had a lot of free time (laughs) and I'd be Mm -hmm. sitting, you know, in class while the kids are maybe, you know, at band and I started reading Mm -hmm. books and I started realizing, Oh, you know what? Like maybe, maybe you are smarter than you think. Maybe you are more capable Mm, than you think. And, uh, one of the very influential books very early on was outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I love it. You know, the story of success. And I was like, Mm -hmm. and I started shifting up at a paradigm. (coughs) Sorry. I had a paradigm shift where I was like, oh, these other people were able to find success. Maybe you can find that too. And I think at the time of my life, I wasn't surrounded by a whole lot of success. So I started looking to these books to find uh, mentors and representations of success. And that's what really started shifting the the mindset. Dude, that's cool. So how old were you when you went, when you first started um, chiropractic school? I was 25. Okay, this is awesome, dude. So... And how long was that break where you were done with undergrad? Did you get your master's in anything? No, no. Okay, so undergrad, doctorate. And then how long of a time were you teaching for? Uh, I taught for about a year and a half. Year and a half. So to someone who thinks like 25 is super, super young, obviously. Like we're still young. However, there are some people like you didn't know your life's passion until 25 well or also yeah maybe i still don't know my life's passion Ooh, it's something that's Mm -hmm. continually developing yeah but i early on enjoyed health and fitness Mm -hmm. i enjoyed education and now that i'm in chiropractic i'm very similar to what elon musk talks about it's just taking two different fields gluing them together and then building 
a field out of that. So the way I approach chiropractic is not just about adjusting people, but really taking these other aspects of health and fitness and then educating people on it. So Mm -hmm. really taking those strengths. So now I'm finding, I'm like, well, really, I do have a passion for education. I think that is my calling. Oh, cool. But now I'm doing it on a different, instead of being in a classroom with, you know, 20, 25 kids, we're now entering a time where you can go global with all of this yep. via, you know, the podcast, social media, and these type of things. So 25 is super young. And the progress that I've seen these last six years is phenomenal. But the question I have, like, what's going to happen in these next five or six years yeah. is all of it's exponential. And as you accumulate more skills mm-hmm. and meet, great people that you learn off of, listen to more podcasts, read more books. It really starts shifting your mindset. And it's kind of hard to say, you know, at the age of 20 or 25, Hey, this is the skill set that I have. And this is what I want to do. Well, I'm not even figure it out until I'm 35 or until I'm 40. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that dude. Just because I think, um, the younger generation, we want to have things figured out so quickly. And it's not even the younger generation anymore. It's just our culture of convenience and instant gratification. Like it really just isn't the younger generation. Like we get crap for it, but it's everyone because it's the entire culture, right? Like everyone's just used to like things happening quickly. So like, I think that's a really cool message for people of like, you're okay. Still switching, still moving, just maneuvering throughout life and being okay with that, which is really cool. Like, do you remember the, like, have you been like that like through books or where does that come from? You know, I think it comes from just never look, I think there's this, this dragon that we chase, you know, what's the next big thing and it goes on forever. Right. So here I am, I feel like I've achieved great success moving to California, building up this practice, but I, as happy as I am and satisfied as I am, I know that there's just, there's always more that you can get Mm -hmm. after. And I know that to be true. Mm. So I'm already okay with accepting the fact that I can switch and do something completely different. Mm -hmm. Maybe get into the coaching realm, uh, speaking realm and all these other things. And that's why even if you look at my profile, I just, I don't say Mm -hmm. just chiropractor, it's speaker, wellness expert and chiropractor, because I know that I just don't want to be one thing because there's a lot of different ways that you can impact people. And you know, the amount of people we see at the office is great, but you know, taking a message and then spreading it worldwide that gives you a whole lot of a bigger high and a whole lot bigger impact that you can make. So, you know, really that's what I'm after. And I'm, I'm, I know mm. that now already. And I, when we were just in the parking lot and you mm-hmm. saw Dr. Mark, he was limping on, on one knee, mm-hmm. right? He's been at it for a couple of decades and you know, Crystal was just joking, Hey, there's you. And I just go, mm. no, I don't think so. I don't know if that's going to be me. Cause I don't know if I want to keep at that pace for that many decades. Yeah. So the dude we saw is his practice is the one that you also practice at. Yeah. Mark and then Crystal's your lady and it's like you did say you're like you want to retire in five years was that serious or well, partially retire, joking? Not, maybe not retire <laughs> but I do you know I've got some big goals and ambitions and mm-hmm. my ideal goal is to if I can take it part-time at work and just be mm-hmm. there essentially adjusting two days a week mm-hmm. because I love doing it I yeah. love, love doing it but there's just so many more other things that we can be doing and a greater impact that we can be having. So that's just what I have in the back of my head as... Can you say anything of a big goal uh, or vision you have? Yeah, let's get after it. So uh, (laughs) one of the things, 
so for instance, the situation that I was placed in uh-huh. when I finished school is this. You're in debt for over $200,000. Bro. Uh, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, depending on how much mm-hmm. fun you had. I was living in the Bay Area, so the Warriors were there. We were going to concerts. We are going to basketball games. Yeah. And t- my mindset was, what's the difference between 150 and 200? You're in debt. So you're in debt, <laughs> right? So you finish school. Yeah. You're in debt for 200 plus grand. Oof. And then uh, you have, you're basically presented with two different options. One option is you go work for somebody a chiropractor yep. and they're going to pay you between 40 to $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. The other option is you can go and open up yourself or be an independent contractor out of an office, which is a really scary route that a lot of people don't want to take because if nobody shows up, you make zero dollars. Yep. That was the only option that was presented to me. And Mark was like, no, this is what you're going to do. So it really created a hunger and a thirst because if you don't make any money, you can't pay for rent. So it was very similar to that uh, that scene in Batman, the third Batman, yeah. where he's he's stuck <laughs> he's stuck down in the in the hole, and then he always has that rope around him, yeah, and he's yeah. trying to climb and <laughs> yeah. jump out of there, and then he always lands, but he's got the rope to protect him. So as soon as you let go of that rope, that's when you make it, and that's essentially what it's like when you go out there on your own, where you mm. don't have any other options aside from succeeding. So my goal is to take next year. What I'll be doing is I'm going to take the the lessons of these first three years and condense it down Tim Ferriss style to show young chiropractors like, Hey, don't take that 40, $50,000 a year. You're mm-hmm. worth a lot more than that. And you didn't just go break your back and your brain in school <laughs> to make, you know, what? $20 an hour. Yeah. That's crazy. Especially considering how much rent is and mm-hmm. how much debt you're in. Right. So, taking that skill from being able to educate, condensing into a format like that and putting it out there for people, for young chiropractors to learn or even old ones that just want to learn more on the marketing end. And I feel that just through all the self-work and uh, people that I've been meeting and just taking those Mm -hmm. skills as well, applying it in there because a big issue with it is mental burnout. You know, throughout the year, I go in my cycles where everything's great and then I'm burnt out and I don't feel like doing anything. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different lessons that have been taught over the course of these years and I just want to condense that for people and just make sure they don't have to go through you know what I went through and that, that they can make they can make a good amount of money to begin with and they don't have to stress out about paying back their loans and paying for rent that's awesome dude so essentially more of teaching the business behind chiropractic yeah the business how to give a health talk how to run Facebook ads how to market mm. yourself how to brand yourself how to create connections just anything and everything you possibly think of yeah. how to develop routines how it's like okay well I need you to uh, create three posts a week send one email a week do this do that it's like okay well here's this list but how do you actually apply and organize that into your week <laughs> yeah. and have the proper mindset so things that things along those lines and that's that's the next big project that I'm working on I love that and then from there that's one project and then you know there's posture products out there. You can create, there's a lot of different things that could be created. And mm-hmm. the way I look at it is you've got pharmaceutical companies that are making, you know, billions and billions of dollars of getting people sick. Well, there's all this opportunity out there to get people. Well, people are just not necessarily, necessarily taking it, you know, getting uh, after it. Dude, I love that. Let's look at that. So you said, I think I actually wrote, wrote a quote so I could read it back to you. There's no money in the healthier dead. They want you somewhere in between. Yeah. So what does that mean? Where'd you, where'd you pick that up? Your social Instagram. (laughs) So, uh, like if we're, if we're just being real, uh, it's all about money, right? Pharmaceutical companies, they're, they're creating drugs not to get someone healthy, but rather to keep them at whatever level that they're at. So Mm -hmm. if someone is dead, 
that's it. There's no more money in them. But if mm-hmm. someone's really, really healthy and they go and you can't get them on, you know, blood pressure medications, antidepressants, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're not interested in it. They're healthy. So what they love is people that are in between. And once you get a person on one medication, it's going to lead to a second, to a third, to a fourth. And if you just look at the stats of medications in America, it's just, it's unbelievable what's happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a dirty, it's a dirty business. That's all about money and not getting people healthy. So if, and I tell people when I have a health class and it, we, you know, we get a good amount of people that come out and I tell them, do you guys want to know my evil game plan? And they're like, all right, well, what's your evil game plan? I'm like, well, tonight I taught you how to take care of your mind, uh, journaling, meditation, those type of practices. We talked about what you need to do to eat properly and reduce the chemical stress you have your body. Mm-hmm. And I also taught you on how to move and decrease the amount of physical stress we put on our body. So I want you guys to do all these things. I want you to teach your family members. And my evil game plan is for you to guys come in here every mm-hmm. week or two and get your spine checked, get adjusted. Mm-hmm. So the nervous system, the thing that controls your overall health and function works the way it's supposed to. And people just look at me and it's like, oh, really? Like, yeah, like that's it. But if you ask the pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> mm-hmm. what is their bottom line? Just to make money. They don't care whether you, you know, whether you get better or not. Well, because again, right, it doesn't address the problem at the root of it. Yeah. It just masks the symptoms of it. Like I'm an optimistic person and you seem like you are too. Do you have to like kind of tell yourself like what they're doing really is like dirty or like intentionally manipulating us? I mean, without a doubt, mm-hmm. you know, part of my morning routine is I'll, I'll, I'll search up morning motivation and then mm-hmm. I'll start, uh, listening to YouTube videos and it'll be like all positive stuff. And the ads that I get are, Hey, are you not performing well sexually? Are you feeling a little tired? Are you feeling a little this? And they're really, they're raising questions that most, most people feel a little tired. And if you <laughs> haven't felt any anxiety, you're not human. So yeah. they're attacking your emotion and they're getting after you and people are like, yeah, you know what? I feel a little tired. Maybe I should get this. And then mm-hmm. when you start listing off the symptoms, the symptoms are way worse than the condition they're actually trying to, you know, work on. So without a doubt, it's, it's about money. And there's a great Ted talk I saw where if they, if you take an antidepressant and a cholesterol medication that it's going to raise your blood sugar by 20 to 60 points. Bro. So what you're looking at, you're going to develop diabetes by taking these two medications. Because when they test the medication, they only test one at a time. They don't know what happens when you take two of them at a time. Yeah, isn't that true? Yeah, when they test medications, they're only doing one at a time, not n- nothing combined. Yeah, and they use the healthier test subjects. Because who knows? So who knows what's happening in there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's look, it's it's an evil, it's a dirty game, and it's about money. And if people had the choice, they would choose not to be on medication. But there's a lot of trust that's put into the system. Yeah. But I feel like people are starting to wake up because look at all information that's out there now from the internet. People can go and listen to a podcast. Uh, they can read books by people that have been medical doctors before, heart surgeons that are like, yeah. "Hey, don't do this anymore. This doesn't work." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So what's one simple way, of course, like don't take medication and get adjusted, but I love your holistic approach to the human. I love how you bring a lot of like motivation, inspiration. Like you said, you're more than just Cairo. So combining all of your knowledge together, what's one or two things that people could just start doing to be, have a <clears throat> overall wholeness and wellness to them 
for themselves. Okay. So number one, I'm never allowed to tell somebody don't take don't take the drugs. That's been prescribed by their medical doctor, and they're gonna uh, stick on. That's a conversation they have to have with them. That so makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I never, I you know, I could lose my license for that, so I'm, I've never said that to mm-hmm. to anybody. But I mean, the first, I think the the first thing, the easiest thing to do mm-hmm. is just to get moving. Because when you start moving, your dopamine goes up and you start feeling really motivated. And that can just, it could even mean mm. going for a little walk. And it could mean going for a walk while you're sitting for that eight hours at the desk. And if your goal is just to go walk for five or 10 minutes during your lunch break, that's going to start building that momentum. Because it's mm-hmm. so easy for us to get stuck into a routine and you get used to just uh, sitting, sitting all day at work, driving back in your car, and then being so tired because you sat all day. Yeah. And then you sit some more. And even the Nobel Prize in 1981 was one on, they figured out that uh, your brain is powered up through, through your spine and through 90, 90% of the movement of the brain comes from the spine. So if you're just sitting down all day long, you're just stiff, your brain isn't powered up. But if you start moving around and just walking, your mm. brain goes, oh, okay, we're working, we're doing something. So simply by just starting to move, walk, and you, what I do is every morning, at least five, 10 minutes of just general motion warm-ups, a little bit of yoga, and that fires up your dopamine. You start feeling real good. You start feeling looser. So mm. that's what I recommend to people is just start off with that. I love that. Even if it's just five minutes. It's just five minutes to start. And it's something that's manageable. Mm. And people are like, I don't have five like minutes. That. It's like... You have five minutes. You have five minutes, right? And another thing that really comes up is uh, meditation. I, I personally need to continue working on mine. I'm very... As of right now with the schedule, I'm somewhere in the range of like three to five times a week of 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend, Crystal, she goes, you know, hour, two hours sometimes. And that's what I'm striving towards. Wow. So she just sits there for an hour to two hours? Yeah. She's got some deep. She goes ham. She's got some deep meditation sessions. And I advise everyone that comes through the office, like you got to start meditating just to sit down, even if it's just five breaths. Take 10 minutes out of your day just to breathe and like, oh, well, I suck at it. It's like, well, of course you're going to suck at it because you haven't practiced it yet. Like anything. Yeah. So if you get in the habit of just sitting down, breathing, and getting your nervous system to switch from sympathetic, which is our fight or flight. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this where we spend 70% of our time in survival mode and fight or flight because just simply by thought alone – we fire on all these stress hormones to go on. Mm-hmm. So you're running through the day, stressed out, stressed out. So if you just take 10 minutes just to stop, breathe, eyes closed, you switch from that stressed out state into a mm-hmm. healing state. Yeah. Do you want to, if you can hear yeah, let's get, the bark. Let's get, let's get Turbo in here. Turbo, we'll get He's the out. pup. All right, we have let Turbo the pup in. So yeah, if you can hear barking, that's what it was. But we all love dogs. So yes, perfect. Let's talk about what's a, like a lesser known fact about stretching. Cause I think you just hear about stretch, but mm-hmm. why should we do it? So let's look at it this way. We take a look at a baby. What are they? What do they? What do babies have the perfect ability to do? Dude, they're freaking just noodles. Yeah, and they can, they've got that perfect squat. Right. And if you take a look at most ah. humans in North America, they do not have that perfect squat. So that is an ability that we're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of these Asian countries where you have seniors that are able to get down and get into that perfect squat. So the reason to stretch is just to have your innate ability to get into the normal positions that you're supposed to get into. <laughs> now, the question yeah. is, how much do you need to stretch? Mm-hmm. Well, holding a stretch for 10 to 20 seconds is not going to do anything for you if you're sitting down for eight hours. And 
one of the things that they find is that kids' running mechanics change from kindergarten to first grade just because they start sitting so much. So if you wow. accumulate the amount of hours that we sit throughout, throughout a lifetime, you're, I mean, you're going to get a lot of hours of sitting. So if you want to get into stretching, why should you do it? Well, just to regain that normal range of motion you're supposed to have. And I'll guarantee you this. If you have normal range of motion throughout your, entire, like through your whole body, mm-hmm. the likelihood of you having pain or discomfort I mean, it's got to be, you know, nearly zero. Yeah. And I think, well, why don't we stretch? Is it just because it's like inconvenient? Well, so if, if, I mean, a few reasons. I remember back, you know, back in the mm-hmm. day, it's just like, I just wanted to lift heavy weights. I didn't mm-hmm. want to stretch. And if, if a buddy went to yoga with his girlfriend, I'd be like, dude, really? <laughs> yeah. As if you did. And now, you know, I go to yoga. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go with my girlfriend all the time. And I'm sitting in class and I'm like, shit, like I have like another decade of this till I'm really start feeling like I'm a normal human being. Like my mobility and flexibility is just awful from sports huh. injuries, a lot of sitting throughout school, uh, never properly stretching. Mm. So now the question is, well, why stretch? It's like, well, I'm just wanting to get back to like being the human being I was born to be with having normal, a perfect squat, normal uh, mechanics, normal motion. And to, in order to achieve that, you got to hold your stretches for a long time and you got to stretch frequently. So if you are, if you like sports, when you come home from work, mm-hmm. put on your favorite game, but don't sit on the couch because you just did that all day. I've got, uh, by my TV, I've got multiple different foam rollers and mobility tools. And I'll just lay on the ground. And if I'm being real good, it could be an hour. It could be two hours. Sometimes I'm tired. It might just be five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But whenever I do that, the next day when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I can breathe better. I can mm. move better. I sleep better. And you improve in all aspects of life simply by, you know, working on releasing the tension throughout your body and regaining the range of motion you're supposed to have. So I just, Mm. I know it sounds crazy, but if you could stretch for an hour or two a day, you're going to make some significant improvements. I love that dude. And well, and like you're still sitting there anyway, you might as well just stretch. Yeah. And also stretching is something you can do intermittently throughout the day. So if you're Mm -hmm. stuck at a desk, you could always just, you know, start stretching a little bit, stretch your neck one way. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're waiting for, you know, if you're waiting for the train, well, instead of just sitting there, just stretch a little bit and it can be, you don't have to make it very obvious. You can just move around, stretch lightly um, and just figure out a way to incorporate stretching throughout your day. And if you're starting to have pains and aches throughout your body, a lot of those can be resolved simply by you moving more, stretching more, and maybe having some of these mobility tools to use and find adhesions or knots in your body and, you know, un- unwinding those. Yeah, that is dope, dude. What? So I watched a video. So you and Mark, the other chiropractor, in a video, he said the last time he got sick, or was it the flu, was 26 years ago. Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. Is it sick in general or just the flu? I think sick in general. It's just funny because right now I'm a little I know, sick. I so it's, it's, perf- it's perfect timing, but <laughs> yeah. I'll explain why. So one of the things that happens is that in chiro- the main benefit of chiropractic care is immune boosting. Uh, it's immune boosting abilities. Yeah, you have no idea. Like the average person would be like, no. No. And here's the thing. Like there's no research. on it. Yeah, there's research. You just haven't read it. <laughs> and what yeah. happens is when you get adjusted from C1 to C3, your body... Start vertebrae? Yes, the vertebrae and the top mm-hmm. neck. It upregulates your immune organs to start producing more white blood cells. Uh. So you are naturally producing a stronger immune system. And Dr. Mark has been getting adjusted for over two decades. Plus, yeah, he gets adjusted, but also 
he eats well, he uh, regularly exercises, so he takes really good care of himself. Mm -hmm. He's not been to a medical doctor for over two decades, and he hasn't been sick. I haven't been sick in about two years. I initially, when I first moved here, I started getting sick pretty frequently. That was due to the the overwhelming emotional stress yeah. of opening up a practice, running it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, it's been at least a year and a half up to two years since the last time I got sick, but we just had a stretch where it was just my birthday, a wedding and all that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of chemical poisoning from the <laughs> alcohol, the lack of sleep. Yeah. But prior to that, I mean, you know, the health was just, you know, top, it was rock solid, like no, no issues with it. Dude, that's cool to hear about. Like, I, I didn't even know that. Um, and just like with medication, right? We are looking for that magic pill. I like how you brought in like, yeah, he's getting adjusted, but he's also doing these other things. You're not saying Cairo is this magic pill that just like cures everything. It's like, no, this helps. And then you do these other things to help too. Yeah. It's the, it's the catalyst that glues it all together. And it just mm -hmm. makes so much sense. I don't know. I don't know why people don't get it. Like if <laughs> you have you, any condition that you get that deals with your nervous system, mm -hmm. like you don't want to deal with that because it, like it's it's a big big issue and for instance you, like you ever hit your funny bone yeah bro it's awful right <laughs> yep. so just imagine how important those nerves are and what it is that they do mm. so why wouldn't you want to take care of that and i remember you know hearing a, a pretty popular trainer with a big following just say you know oh yeah i went i went to a chiropractor he showed me all this degeneration in my spine but i didn't hurt blah 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 but he didn't hurt he, there was no pain uh. he told me to keep coming back da, 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 i didn't want to go and so now he's just telling other people like don't go oh wow but i would never go to a dentist and say yeah i went to this dentist they looked at my mouth had all these cavities but you know what i didn't feel any pain at all so they're just trying to rip me off like mm. i'm don't don't ever go to a dentist <laughs> and the unfortunate thing is your spine is something you can't see. So if it starts wearing out, you yeah. only have one spine. And the way pain works is that only 10% of your nervous system is in charge of pain. So by the time that your body gets to the point where it actually feels the pain, the underlying issue could be there for a year, five years, 10 years, mm -hmm. 20 years. And then when you get that pain and it's there and you go, you know what? That instant gratification that we talk about, I want this gone immediately. Yeah. And I go to people like, look, you've been sitting at your desk for 30 years now. On Tuesday, you went and picked up that pencil off the ground and your back snapped and you have a 10 out of 10 pain. Do you think it was the pencil that did that to you? Or is it the fact that for the last 30 years, you didn't exercise and you just you were sitting for probably 12 hours a day yeah, wearing bro. out your spine? And sitting is essentially like sugar for your teeth. Oh, dude, talk about that. Sitting is like sugar for your, sitting yeah. to your back is like yeah. sugar for your teeth. Yeah. Well, think about it. your body's uh -huh. designed to move. I mean, if you take a look in history, what were we doing? It's just constantly just, moving just around. Just walking and roaming, maybe. Yeah. And then now you've got this chair and then people are just in front of it. And not only are they just being sedentary, the posture is, you know, people, people are hunching down like this. Oh, man. And the, the next epidemic that's going to hit is all these young kids that are, that are born with iPads and iPhones in their hands and they have yeah, this bro. type of a posture. So... There's a, a process that we go to as, as we grow up. Like babies, they need to crawl first so that they have their head up so that they develop their cervical curve. Mm. And if you're a young adult and you're still developing, everything's growing, and you start going like this, and you start growing like this, you, you're going to see it. And I, when, whenever, when, wherever I'm at, I'm always looking at people's postures. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be like, hey, hey, 
look at that one. And even the friends are starting to realize like, oh shit, so-and-so's like this. And what's happening is simply by losing your, mm. your natural curvature, if this yeah, goes like this, you are going to get 30% less air into your lungs because the front of the muscles here, they scalenes and they're blocking off the amount of air you can get in. And there's plenty of research about how you just live shorter when you don't have a natural curvature because your body, instead of using its energy to heal itself, is it's using more of its energy to hold up a bowling ball that instead of it weighing 10 to 12 pounds, weighs about three times the amount mm -hmm. now. Dang, dude, you're spitting some facts, bro. Dude, I got, I got some facts. <laughs> I mean, this is what I do. I go out and do, do these health talks to people. And like, yeah. if you don't, if you don't tell them the truth, they're never going to get it. And you know, these aren't things that we're making up and we're seeing it out in, in the public now where just postures are becoming worse and worse and it's happening younger and younger. And the issue is this yeah. kids are, kids are going to start getting medicated earlier and earlier. Mm because they're starting to get symptoms younger and younger have, now. Have we seen anything like that? Just like effects of, or has it not been long enough yet? It's, it's starting to get there where, uh, you know, you get someone that's in their early twenties or late teens coming in. It's yeah. like, Oh shit, their curve is gone. And you know, you get people that have a reversal of their curve. Now, if you woke yeah. up one day and saw your foot pointing forward, it was pointing back. You would freak out. Dude, oh, I love this analogy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just came up with it now. <laughs> oh, dude, there we go. That's yeah. Cool. So if your foot, you know, if your if yeah, if your foot was pointing backwards, you'd freak out. You're like, I wanted to go the right way, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. I'll have people come in the office, and I go, Hey, your curve is supposed to go this way, and yours is going the other way. Wow. And some people get it. They're like, Oh shit, yeah, it's because, you know, I just had a lady today falling off of a horse 40, 50 times, works in front of a, a computer desk, and is constantly looking down. So you let so that. Yeah, over 20 years, 10, yeah. 20 years, what do you think is going to happen, right? And if you don't <clears throat> correct that, she may not get symptoms right now, but maybe five years from now, wakes up, there's shooting numbness going down the arms because the nerves are being compressed or you yeah. get severe headaches because blood flow and nerve flow is restricted to the brain. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is, you know, people, most of the time, the first stop is, oh, I'm going to go to a medical doctor. And the first thing that they do is like, well... Let's give you this painkiller. Let's give you this medication. And they never talk about like, well, what's your posture like? What are you doing exercise wise? Uh, what's your diet like? Maybe we're adding in a lot of inflammation to those areas that are exacerbating these conditions. And they never want to go, well, you should go see a chiropractor. And I shouldn't say never because some do. Because the reason for it is if you can fix something with just your hands, there's no need to cut this person open or give them any yeah. sort of medication. So oh, it's, it's about money. Like it's the honest truth, it comes down to money and they just want to keep things in their realm and we want to do it the natural way. And <laughs> dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And again, because you can't see it. I can't, can't see it. I can't see my spine. No. That's so interesting. What's like a personal for you, like getting adjusted or chiropractic in general or any natural medicine, what has helped you that you were kind of like surprised about when you first experienced it? Well, I mean, I, the crazy part is I only got, I got, I had my low back adjusted once by a chiropractor. I didn't think anything about it because I went in and I was like, Hey, I've got this low back pain, this stuff. Can you help out? Mm -hmm. Got adjusted. And she was like, you know, I really don't know what's happening. I think it's like some muscular stuff. And at that point I was, I just went cause at my work that a chiropractor. So I was mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I ah, forget this. I don't, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a year or so went by and, uh, 
I was recommended to go to chiropractic college, but I've never truly been adjusted. And mm-hmm. at that point in my life, played a lot of basketball, lift a lot of weights, loved lifting, living heavy weights mm-hmm. at that point. So all the time my back would be out and I couldn't play basketball. And I remember oftentimes I would just want to get in shape and start jogging. And I would run for 30 seconds, minutes. Sometimes I'd make it five minutes. I'd have to turn around and walk back. I'm like, man, my back hurts again. Like it was that bad. It was that bad. And at this point I was, you know, 23, 24 years old. That's wild. And I applied for chiropractic college and I got in. My younger brother was going to a chiropractor at the time and he was just mm-hmm. like, hey, you should go you should go see my, my chiropractor just to talk to him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I just got into chiropractic college, blah, blah. He's like, all right, cool. We talked, great guy. And he goes, you know, let me, let me adjust you. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I get adjusted and I walked out of there and I was just floating. I was like, oh my God, like I'm on a natural high now. This feels incredible. Mm-hmm. And then when I started getting adjusted regularly during chiropractic college, back pain went away. My mobility significantly improved. I was getting heartburn very frequently. That huh. started getting better on me. Um, heartburn. Heartburn. Why? Yeah. Like, why would that get better? Well, part of the reason is with your organs, once you start improving the nerve flow from whatever, whatever, let's just, let's just use, this is a great one because it happens very commonly. Mm-hmm. Menstrual pain. So ladies will come in and they'll tell me that during the time of the month, they experience terrible cramps. Sometimes they throw up yeah. and just some really, really, you know, awful stuff that happens. But by regularly getting adjusted, you're switching your body into a healing state instead of a stressed out state. And then you improve the nerve flow to go into that region. So the message is delivered, you know, at a more precise rate. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden stuff that you didn't think was working before starts working the way it's supposed to. So I, I don't know what other functions start to get better on me. I just mm-hmm. got kind of used to it, but certainly I was that type of person that wouldn't have to nap every single day. Hmm. You know, now I've got a lot more energy. Um, heartburn, I, re- I remember that improving. And then, you know, I, you know, every now and then it can pop up again. If like we're, you know, I'm spending three, four days in Mexico, we're eating spicy food <laughs> and having alcohol yeah. on a daily basis. But there's a lot of different functions in your body that start to improve mm-hmm. by regulating, regulating your nervous system. And people just aren't aware of that. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, such as myself, it was back pain that led, that got you into it. And then the, the side effects of chiropractic care were just improved function, That's better cool, immune dude. system, all that fun stuff. Dang, dude. And this is fun. I'm learning a lot. What's your opinion on alcohol? Uh, you know, as, as, as I age, I'm, you know, getting, uh, getting more and more away from it. I think it's one of the worst drugs that's out there. Just socially. Well, I mean, look what it does. It just creates a lot of damage. It takes, I think it was like six, six drinks to create, uh, acute liver cirrhosis. So what is that? I mean, just think about like inflaming your liver. Let's just look at it that way. So damage to your liver. So it doesn't take very much, but the issue with it is it's so social and you know, I love couple glasses of wine but mm-hmm. what unfortunately it oftentimes leads to as you're out celebrating a birthday or it's a wedding is that you know you have more yeah. drinks than you should you wake up the next day you don't feel so good and you know a decade ago it was fine i could do anything the next the following day but mm-hmm. now it's like i'm out the whole day and i really value <laughs> productivity mm-hmm. and to have let's just say a saturday or sunday where i don't get anything done or i can't even go work out because i'm hung over i'm like dude like that sucks so my opinion on it, it's great and it has its place. Um, I ideally would like to slow down on the consumption of it. Mm. And when drinking to look at the higher quality stuff. So for instance, like dry farm wines, have you heard of them? I have heard of that. I think on another podcast there. So <laughs> it's amazing. I ended up ordering 
and end up ordering cases at uh, the retreat in Austin through the uh, Aubrey Marcus coaching group. And they were there and they were like, Hey, this stuff is clean. I was like, all right, I'm just going to drink as much of it as I want. And I won't be hung over. Like, yeah. And I did. And I was great the next day. So was it because there's no pesticides or why they, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Is this sulf- the sulfites that are in there? And the- yeah, something like that because that's what I've heard of like American wine compared to even like European wine is like different just because of that stuff that's in it. Yes. So I don't want to get quoted on it, but whatever the, whatever <laughs> all the bad stuff in the wine is, they remove yeah. it and they lower the sugar content so it's nearly no sugar in there as well and it tastes great. Dude, how do they lower the sugar? I don't know, man. I'm in a different... You don't know everything. I don't know everything. (laughs) Dr. Bo doesn't know. Uh, That, and then, you know, alcohol-wise, like, if you're, you know, going to pound back, like, a bunch of old fashions, like that darker whiskey, that's Mm going to give you a greater hangover. So if you are going to drink, just get a high-quality vodka, drink vodka soda, make sure you hydrate in between. The other thing that you can do is drink... um, some water with uh, Himalayan sea salt because mm. we lose a lot of those minerals as we continue to mm-hmm. urinate. And then you've got other supplements that are out there that you can add in. And I can't think of the list on the top of my head, but you can you know throw in some like activated charcoal, vitamin C, alpha lipoic acid. I think it was L-cartonine in there in, in the mix as well. So there's just do the research. There's supplements out there. So if you cool. know if you know hey I've got a friend's birthday and I want to have you know, eight, nine, 10 drinks and just be really, you know, feeling really good. <laughs> yeah. You can take measures before and after to ensure that, you know, the hangover isn't so bad. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. What's your opinion on alcohol? Let me hear it. Oh, I like, dude, asking me the question. I like it, man. So I actually do not drink. Have you ever? I've never been drunk, but in my life, but I have partaken. I don't like the taste. Wow. Even wine, dude. Like I've tried to like, I was like, dude, that is disgusting. Really? Like when I taste it, I'm like, oh, yeah. But I do like, um, dude, I have no idea when it comes to alcohol, but like, um, oh, gin and tonic. That was my favorite drink I've ever tried. So how do you find it socially then if there's like a birthday or something happening? How do I do? I'm just used to it. Right. So I grew up very religiously. Yeah. And so that's, I guess Utah, right? Yeah. Utah. Yeah. Uh You hacked it. You just grew up in the right state. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I grew up just so Mormon, right. Very strict religion. And then just one, even when I stepped aside from that religion, it just, that habit just stayed yeah. and I was just never called to it. And so in social situations at first for me, it was weird mm. and it's funny. I'm actually, I'm going to post a video about this because I've been asked about it. So it's been coming up a lot. Yeah. Of, but now people think it's cool. You know, five years ago, like people didn't like you know, they were questioning it or they didn't understand. Thought you were weird. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, dude, that's super cool. Yeah. And maybe it's the people I'm around, you know, you know, who do just understand like what it, what it does or I don't know, but. Yeah. And dude, yeah. I agree with you. And, uh, it's just been such a s- social thing. I know these are just excuses that we make up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I've gone stretches where it's been like a month, six weeks without any alcohol and then not like I'm boozing every weekend, but like, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes it's just a glass or two of wine while we're having dinner and just hanging yeah. out, which is to me, like, I feel like that that's fine. And then, mm-hmm. you know, other times it's like, okay, it's someone's birthday this weekend. And then we're going on a trip to Cabo next weekend. And you're just finding it's like, oh crap, it's been like two, three weeks in a row. Yeah. And you just feel awful. Like it throws off the routine. And if there's one thing that I would like to mm. minimize 
slash cut out it, it is alcohol and that's mm. something that Chris and I have been talking about about doing it together and having like a you know a 90 day or 100 day challenge where it's just like okay like that's no sick. no booze and just really focus on health mm-hmm. so. well yeah and it's it's just interesting because I hear from people like you and other people who say I feel after, awful after yeah. and that just makes me like no thank you yeah. you know yeah. I also love productivity but let's talk about um, Crystal, your partner, how has, you've almost been dating for a year. When yep. this comes out, it'll be just over a year. How has this amazing partner changed things for you? Whew. Well, I mean, for, you know, for a long time and I, I felt that like, okay, I'm not going to find like the one. And there's, Did you always, like you said that to yourself? Yeah. I mean, I just, I've cut it out and I was yeah. very, like, I was very resistant to falling in love or just even being open to the idea of having mm. a girlfriend because I would immediately find something I'm like, you know, she's missing this or missing that. And mm. I came up with kind of, you know, three things that I'd be ideally looking for in a girl. And typically one of them, you know, would be, would be missing. And the first one is just the most obvious one. Like, you know, I do want someone that is good looking, right. Mm-hmm. Just have that outer beauty. The second would be the inner beauty, which is to have that personality that shines, gets along with family, friends, etc. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is an ambition to either help other people or improve themselves. I love it. And, you know, I'd meet girls and they would have two out of three. And what t- what would they usually have? Probably outer beauty, uh, outer beauty or inner beauty, but then missing the ambition aspect. Mm. And I mean, th- that was the key. So when I met her, she's got this ambition to improve herself. She works as an ER nurse, ambitious to help other people out as well. And she's very into spirituality, does mm-hmm. her meditation. And we had a lot of very similar, um, you know, characteristics. And you know, just the realization that we made is like, she's, the female version of me and I'm the male version of her. So we've got this, uh, you know, incredible energy that really clicked, uh, bonded, clicked, and it's been a year journey. It's just been incredible. So we've done a lot of great things and you know, you're hanging out with us at lunch and mm-hmm. what, what, what was the comment that you made about regarding the energy? Dude, your just energy was like, it's hard. It was just like, uh, it was like up, up a, a few notches, especially for me, but it was just like you were, it was electric for lack of a better word, right? Of like you two together of like your chemistry, but also just even what you guys are putting out to the world. Yeah. Like even you two just like walking, I could feel like it's like a force field around yeah. you. I don't know. Is this, is this PG 13 or what's the, no dude, <laughs> yeah. you, baby. Yeah, she's, she's got that BDE. BDE. I know what that is. What does that mean? Big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does. She's, she knows she's got, she's got a very strong masculine energy with her yeah. as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she's a big time alpha female and mm. you know, she, she shows it. So it's great to have somebody that I'm challenged by and that we can learn and grow together. So it's been, you know, a beautiful relationship and I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what the future brings. So yeah, that's dope, yeah. dude. What have you learned from that this year? Like, Let's get real here. Let's get real here, bro. Like what, what has just like tested you? Like, even though like this girl's amazing and you love her, what's just like, wow, this is again, easily worth it. But what has like truly tested you? Well, the first thing is I've been so focused on myself, my own goals, my own passion. Mm -hmm. So now to have somebody where it's like, oh, you know, I got to take her into consideration as well. (laughs) And I can't just get up, do what it is Mm -hmm. that I want to do. And I've been very goal focused and driven and all mm-hmm. of that. So now it's like, okay, it's not lo- no longer about you, but it's also about her as well and how to be a team. And I think a very important lesson that I learned from 
just doing my own interview process with other people, mm-hmm. if you are the type of person that's very driven, type A, and wants success and all of that, the analogy that I got was most kings want to build their castle and then invite their queen in. And this, is, and this is a discussion I had with her early on. It's like, I don't want to be that king that builds the castle and then invite you in. I want to build this thing together. Bro, I love that. So very early on, I just share with her, I'm like, hey, like, these are my goals and ambitions. And, you know, I, I share the big ideas with her. And she's not the type to be like, you know, any anything negative. She's like, yeah, she's very supportive of it. And she's 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 down with it so when i say hey babe like i want to create you know this product we can do this and this together she's like yeah you know let's do it so she's mm. on board with it and i can see the ambition in her eyes and i remember you know talking about something blah blah and we can create this and she's like yeah and that's just one product and i'm like oh i got my girl right here <laughs> yeah. you know so she's uh-huh. she's on board in that but i mean a lot of different lessons lessons on 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 patience lessons <laughs> on just yeah. understanding other human beings because, you know, she goes through emotions throughout the week as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, when it's, you know, I joke with her that I feel like I'm dating two different girls where the days that she's not working, we're hanging out, we're just having fun, having a great time. Mm-hmm. When she has three days on where she's in the ER and it's three 12 hour shift, it's a different human being because it's, yeah. it's literally stressed out state for, yeah. yeah, at work. So, you know, dealing with that and making sure that I am there for her and, you know, a challenging thing for me is um, each day at work, I'm spilling out, you know, my heart, my energy to other mm-hmm. people. So it's a matter of finding the balance for myself, for the, my practice members that I take care of, for her, and then also for all my friendships. So a big thing that comes up is, is balance. That's a lot that I'm, that I'm learning about. Do you believe in balance? In what way? Expand on that question a little more. So the reason I say that <clears throat> is because someone actually asked me this question and I said, I yeah, don't, it was me just now <laughs> a couple of days ago. And I said, I don't, you know, I'm not sure. Some people say I don't believe in balance because whatever you're focused on that thing, gets all the attention. So technically speaking, everything else is out of balance. Just like there. So some people like to use the word harmony. Like I want to be in harmony with everything. Okay. I like the word harmony, but for me, what balance means for me is, being able to spread that energy as evenly as possible through mm-hmm. the things that matter the most. So I think the number of, the thing that should be first for everybody is their own health. Yep. Right. That's, that's mine. Right. Number one is health. And if you're putting your relationship before your health, then that's, that's an, I believe an issue that you have on your own values. And that's why they ask you to, you know, put your own air mask on first before you put someone mm-hmm. else's on. Right. So you got to value your own health. And that for that to me means being dialed in on my routine, my meditation, my journaling, my, you know, gratitude practice, my exercise, the yoga, all these type of things. And when I'm at my best, that's when I can be at my best for, you know, my significant other, my partner and balance in that aspect means like, do we have quality time to spend, you know, uh, with each other, during you know this time this time and if we're finding like okay, just like recently we just traveled these last couple of weeks we didn't see each other a lot so the relationship felt out of balance and we felt disconnected so that in order to create balance again this upcoming weekend we're shutting our phones off we're saying no to anything that people are asking us to do and the two of us are just hanging out and you know we've got fun activities we want to we've got goal setting we want to work on a vision board together and things things of that nature so that's how we're creating balance again because we felt like things were off and you know go for a hike together things of that nature 
And I look at it the same way of exercise wise. It's like, oh crap, I just had two weekends in a row where I traveled, I was off my routine. It's like, well, what's most important now? It's like so-and-so calls to hang out. I'm like, look, dude, I got to keep my day free because you know what? I'm going to go work out, go have a smoothie and then go to yoga later because mm-hmm. that's, that's more important to me than what comes, you know, third or fourth uh, or fifth down that totem pole, which is the friendships and those other things. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I, and I think it's hard to create balance all the way throughout because you know, if you're working hard and you're really driven, like work is going to throw you off balance. So that's definitely, even if they don't say it is, that's most people's priority of where they put their actions, not their yeah. words. Yeah. And whenever work isn't going the way I want it to, that's when everything starts to fall apart and mm. the you know, the routine isn't as dialed in. But one thing I noticed when we talked about starting what's the one thing you can do and I talked about five to ten minutes of movement Mm -hmm. and I thought about when I feel off balance the one thing I start off with is I'll get my ass to the gym at 440 in the morning before I start work because that kickstarts everything Mm -hmm. getting that uh, that movement in the morning the fact that it's dark out everybody's still sleeping but you're at the gym so even if work isn't going the right way you're letting the universe know it's like no i'm getting after it i'm getting up early i'm Mm -hmm. dedicated to this i'm getting myself in the right mindset i'm vibrating a greater frequency because by the time i get to work at 6 30 in the morning i've done movement exercise i meditate express gratitude um i listen to something positive i've set my goals for the day i took a cold shower i had you know a bulletproof coffee with some other healthy stuff in there and i show Mm -hmm. up there and i'm just buzzing i'm ready to go (laughs) and people start rolling in and just because you're vibrating at a greater frequency it's going to get matched to you and all of a sudden things start to show up for you Mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to but if you're partying every weekend you're partying every weekend that vibration goes lower down because maybe you're not doing the things you're supposed to be then that vibration goes down and all of a sudden start things things start to get out of balance and then you wonder like well what's what's going on what's going on and i just start with the simplest thing, which is just dialing in on the routine and all of a sudden everything starts to fall in place after that. You know, you said a ton of good things. I love how you and Crystal are doing so many of those things together. To me, that really is like relationship goals for sure. Like vision boards together, goals together, saying no to other things. That's super cool that you guys can like build that to build that castle together. Yeah. Really, really cool. Thank you. And like again true like i completely agree with like the workout and like the morning routine because if you do all those things for yourself like if something goes wrong in the day it doesn't matter because it's like i've already freaking had a great day yeah like you're already set up for success so as we start to wind down i have a section or a segment in my show that's called the scroll my soul Ooh, i like that <laughs> thanks brother So what that means is I keep a running list, whether it's from conversations, podcasts, books, whether it's my own quote or someone else's quote, just any thought I write down on my phone. Mm -hmm. And so I am scrolling through my computer right now and then I just randomly stop and then I read it back to you and I ask you, what does it remind you of? Is there an experience that you have? Just do you agree or disagree? Just anything that comes to mind once I read it, just elaborate. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Huh, okay. All right, so here we go. It says, giving people the opportunity to struggle instead of giving them what they're struggling for will make them stronger. Stronger. 
So giving people the opportunity to struggle mm -hmm. instead of giving them what they are struggling for will make them stronger. So what that brings up for me is just people f finding it out on their own what they want to struggle for and as opposed to... Can you read it one more time? You got it, bro. So giving people the opportunity to struggle mm -hmm. instead of giving them what they are struggling for Okay. will make them stronger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, look, mm -hmm. you got to work for what you want in life. So if, uh, if I didn't go through this whole process, this a whole initial struggle, I wouldn't be, you know, where I'm at today and who I'm at today. So those mm -hmm. days where things weren't working my way or I went and did a health talk and it bombed and, you know, things of that nature. It's like, you got to have that because that's what builds resilience that's what builds character mm -hmm. and any single successful person you talk to they're not like oh yeah this is easy i mean it all just these happened yeah it mm -hmm. just happened like mm -hmm. you got to go through that and it's part of the natural process so one of the things i i wrote down very early on was the quote you know you have to enjoy the process of becoming great mm -hmm. and the process of becoming great is not an easy one because you're gonna you're gonna fail multiple times over and over again mm -hmm. but it's just part of the process and you got to trust the process and I know during those times it just it sucks and you get down on yourself but that's why you need daily practices to lift yourself back up and you just need good people in your life to you know tell you it's okay and that you're gonna be okay even though it seems like you're not so yeah dude so you said you failed at a health talk is there any like failure that stands out to you that really shaped you uh or a particular struggle? failure yeah. or yeah, just oh. like a moment. Well, I mean, very early on with these health talks, what we would do is we'd buy lunches for companies. And then you'd, I'd spend, you know, like $200, $250 for lunch. And I'd go in there and talk to people. And they'd just be like, oh, who's this, you know, young guy? What the hell is he doing here? And mm -hmm. then I spent all this lunch and then no one comes in from it. So I would consider those type of things failures at the time. Yeah. But it gave me the repetitions and the repetitions and the confidence to get after it. And then, you know, now... And anytime I walk in there, I'm very confident. Every time I walk out, I feel like it was a success no matter what happens. But you got to have those experiences. Yeah. Just like a stand-up comedian going up and not getting any laughs. Um, but I also just, it depends what your measure of success is. Mm. And this is what I learned with these health talks. So someone can show up a year later and come into the office and be like, hey, man, like I saw you a year ago. I remember I even had this guy came in and he was like, yeah, my ex-girlfriend saw uh, you had a health talk like a year ago and I was like, okay, well come on in, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? So it just, uh -huh. it, yeah. So it just really varies. And I just mm -hmm. like the whole immediate gratification. We want the result right now, but you can, uh, this is one of my most favorite things I've written down. It's the, mm -hmm. the story about the uh, Chinese bamboo tree. Have you heard of it? Sounds familiar, but keep so going. So long, long story short, instead of making beautiful and elaborate, uh, you, you, you know, you plant all your seeds, you water them, you water it, and with a Chinese bamboo tree, nothing happens for five years. So you look crazy, you know, attempting to water it. But then after those five years are done, within the next five weeks, it grows, whatever, 15 feet. So the question is, did it grow mm. those 15 feet in those five weeks, or was it the five years and five weeks? And the obvious answer, it's the five years and five weeks. So a lot of these things that we do that look like they're a failure, later on in life, you're like, oh shit, like that was really valuable that I did that because that created this connection here and that allowed for this growth there. So we only know what things are like at the moment 
and it feel it might feel like a failure, mm. but it might be your biggest success later on, and you never you never know what happens. Bro, I love that. Yeah, because yeah, I definitely fall in that trap of like, what I'm doing isn't growing fast enough. Of course. Right, and then it's like then I just remind myself like, no, like you're being consistent and planting those seeds, and then I'm just waiting for that tree to bloom a few years from now, bro. Hell yeah, it's going to <laughs> five years, five weeks. Five years, five weeks. All right, my dude. So. As we wind down, is there anything else on your heart, mind that you just want to speak on? I think uh, one of the the coolest things that's happened this year is uh, I signed up for a mastermind group uh, via Aubrey Marcus called Fit for Service. And that's, you know, how we ended up connecting yeah. because a uh, very powerful favorite lady of ours, Adrian, she's in mm-hmm. that group. And if there's one recommendation I have for people is just to get yourself around like-minded people. And it's going to open up doors that you never thought were possible because, you know, now meeting, you know, cool people such as yourselves mm-hmm. and the, the friends of these people. And it's just growing this great network where you just, the moment you meet people, you click and, you know, we joked around about, mm-hmm. you know, you showed up, we went, went to the office, got adjusted, yeah. we had smoothie salad, hanging out with the girlfriend, <laughs> hanging out with the dog. So, yeah. it's, and it's, it was very comfortable off the get go. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to get yourself around like-minded people that are there to support you and help you grow whatever your goals are. Like you shared your goals with me and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you know, whatever it is I can do to help out mm-hmm. and I want to see you succeed. So that's what you, that's what you want to surround yourself with. And that's going to happen in life. If you get around people that are supportive and believe in yourself and are willing to just work through the dark times, which are going to come up and you keep at it and you're going to see what's going to end up happening in life. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of beauty, a lot of great things. Dude. I love that thing, dude. Well, man, I learned a lot during this. I didn't know, like you, I never know what I'm going to learn, but this is really fun. Like props to you from it. Like <clears throat> you have big goals, like your energy, like obviously Cairo, but educating on the holistic human, how you want to help more like Cairo students, like your business mindset is there. Make sure you follow him because you give like great tips. Um, you are definitely a dynamic person, dude. So like props for that. Cause I admire when people can do multiple things. Awesome. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> you know it, man. So thank you. I appreciate it. And we're done though. All right. Man. <laughs> Adios. Thank you. That was awesome. All right, my peeps. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, make sure you leave a review on re- leave a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. Give a shout out to Bo or any other episode that you loved. So please take a second. It means the world and it helps the show get noticed and out into the world. Please share it with the homies, your friends, your family, your loved ones. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. And this week's challenge is inspired by Dr. Bo. So... There's an ep- epidemic, right? We all use our cell phones with text neck because we're looking down at our phones all the time. Like I'm on my phone all the time. Like that's part of my job is posting and interacting and creating content on my phone. But it really is bad for us. Like the more you look down, your head is just so much heavier and it strains your neck, your you like your shoulders and even your spine, it's bad. So of course, go get adjusted by a chiropractor. But our challenge this week is to make it sound cool, is to don't wreck your neck, but check your neck. So instead of looking down at your phone, right? Kind of like hunched over, look up and put your phone out in front of you, if you can envision that. So don't look down and strain your neck, hold it out in front of you, just be aware. So that is your challenge this week. Be aware of how you're looking at your phone, Um, and to not strain your neck. So 
Don't wreck your neck, check your neck. Yeah, that sounds kind of like a rap line. So hit us up once you do that. I would love to see your selfies, your videos of you correcting your posture when looking at your phone. So tag me in your stories on Instagram, at Golink Group. And if you look in the description, I'll also tag Bo. So we would love to see you engaging and interacting with this challenge. So tag us on social media. We'd love to see it. And as usual, my friends, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. It really means the world to me. If it's anyone, it's you. If it's anytime, it's now. Go kill the challenge. Go have an amazing week. Be the light in your life. Be the light in someone else's day. Smile. Say hello. I love you. My name is Ben. Adios.